It's show 51 of the Rim Pro Report. Today, the industry news, and we've got Ian Thomas of O'Neill Software on the line. Uh, O'Neill, well, you know them. They're the company that actually sponsors this show, and they're pretty amazing. Bottom line, uh, they have great industry software. They've got incredible support. They're all over the world. They've been in this 30 years, and uh, more than anything, they've got this real solid industry leadership that, that makes them... Uh, worth following. So if you're interested in learning more about them, you can go to O'NeillSoft.com. But we got Ian on the show today, so we're actually going to talk to him about what's going on with them. I'm back from vacation. Let's get this party started. Welcome to the Rim, Rim, Rim Pro Report, the one and only weekly broadcast for the rim support services industry. Bustling with news, views, here's what I believe, and the latest updates. Let's just end. This show is full of interesting information, stories, yes, important product and service reviews, yes, and a cast of industry characters included. Yes. <laughs> Record center operators. Shred and destruction vendors. Media and electronic vaulters. Scanners and imaging providers. Take note, this show is for you. Now here's your host, Tom Adams. Yep, it's me. I'm back, and I am back in the regular studio, the regular equipment, and it's good to be back. Yeah, I love going on vacation, uh, but it's so nice to be home. Hey, hope you are well. Uh, if you're taking vacation, uh, I hope you have a good one. If you're suffering in the heat right now, uh, stay cool. And for many of you who are in other places around the world who are dealing with the opposite weather, cold, snow, whatever it is you're dealing with, I hope you are lasting in it. Hey, thanks to Patty and Christian from Phoenix Recycling a couple of weeks ago who were on the show and Tanya Curry, who also joined me last week uh, with the show from the cottage. If you didn't hear those interviews, be sure to check them out. So, uh, I gotta, I gotta admit, I got back from vacation to a pretty forceful cease and desist notice from SAG. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about them. That's the Screen Actors Guild. Apparently, apparently, we're not certified to do the interviews with all those big celebrities that drop by uh, every week. Something about union restrictions and somebody's mad in the higher up. So until further notice. We just won't have the actors dropping in, which might be a good thing ultimately anyways. Well, you know, because uh, they're cutting into the show anyways. Nice to have them here, but, eh, well, we're just going to leave them. I have a feeling some bad stuff is about to go down. Uh, Homer, dude, get out of here. We, we can't have you on the show, so stay out. Okay, so for the time being and for the next little while, we're just going to focus on catching you up on the show, on the most recent industry news, the big stuff, and then go into really great interviews. As always, we always have great people, lots of cool stuff to talk about. So uh, this week, because we haven't done the news for a couple of weeks, let's catch you up in the latest news that's uh, happened in the industry. Hang on, let me get the news report. Well, uh, some big acquisitions in the last couple of weeks. Let me uh, go through a couple of them. These are interesting. Retrievex just announced the acquisition of Metropolitan Record Storage of Wilmington, Mass. Congratulations to Neil Minzer, who's the owner of Metropolitan on the sale. And wow, another one for Peter Pierce and Retrievex. Not to be outdone, Cornerstone Records Management announced today that it has completed the acquisition of the assets of the Houston File Room based, based in Spring, Texas. The Houston File Room is a privately owned company 
company providing secure document storage for customers in the Houston region. Uh, this acquisition comes on the heels of the acquisition. We chatted with Steve Sisney about a couple of uh, weeks ago, probably about a month ago. Uh, this acquisition of the Houston file room represents the 17th acquisition completed by Cornerstone since June 2008. Hey, and this was a big one. Shredded acquired Brinks document destruction uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Brinks is based, uh, Brinks Document Destruction was a division of Brinks, which is based in Baybury, Connecticut. Uh, this relates to all the Brinks Document Destruction locations. So uh, Vince De Palma, who is the Shredder president and CEO, suggested that the acquisition supports their corporate growth strategy and uh, apparently significantly will enhance their president in key U.S. markets like Boston, Chicago, Dallas, and New York. And in case you hadn't heard this one, Recall has acquired InfoShred in uh, Melbourne, Australia. Recall continues to be on a tear, and who knows, lots of rumors happening in the industry about all of these big, amazing companies doing uh, these acquisitions. Some other news, Reb Storage Systems International has opened a brand new warehouse on the West Coast. The facility will be managed by Reb's Director of Sales, Jeff Howard, and supported by Paul Bauer, Project Management Bayer, I think his name was, sorry, Paul. So congrats to Tom Lesko, Lori Palmer, and the entire team at Reb on this expansion. Uh, Data Chambers has added a new cloud hosting service to their suite of offerings that they're doing, and Data Chambers continues to uh, do some really cool stuff, so good on them. Uh, Department of Health and Human Services awarded KPMG a $9.2 million contract to create an audit protocol and then to actually audit covered entities and business associates compliance with the privacy and security requirements of the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, uh, HIPAA to be more precise. And uh, Dustin McKisson, who has been the Deputy Executive Director, has officially left NAID to assume the director position at the Sedona Conference, and that's an internationally recognized standards development think tank serving the legal profession. So congrats to Dustin, uh, and uh, I guess best wishes to NAID and the entire destruction community as uh, they try and figure out how to replace him. Dustin, a great guy, did some great work for Nade, so uh, congrats to him. Hey, some conference and events uh, are coming down on us quickly, and here are some of the scheduled fall events. Uh, we're going to talk with Ian shortly about the O'Neill Strategic Partner Conference, which is coming September 14th to 16th in Huntington Beach. Uh, Bare Metal is, uh, the Bare Metal Data Conference is the following week in San Antonio, Texas. PRISM's Data Protection Workshop, October 6th and 7th in Chicago. Arma, the Big Arma Conference and Expo in Washington, D.C. this year, October 17th to 19th. NAID Canada has a conference November 3rd in Toronto. And a PRISM NAID Arma Joint European Conference will be held November 7th to 9th in London, England. So, lots going on despite it being summertime, but that's it for now. If you've got news you want to share with us, please send an email to me at tom at flourishpress.com or fill in the form on the rimproreport.com website. Hey, got to get to the one and only Ian Thomas. He's going to be holding and waiting for us. So let me get him on the line and we're going to talk to him. Hang on a second. Here we go. And it looks like I've got him on the line. Ian, are you there? 
I am, Tom. How are you doing? Uh, great to uh, have you on the Rim Pro Report again. First, let me thank you for uh, the incredible uh, support you've been to the show and the sponsorship you bring the show. It's uh, it's a real um, honor to do the show and uh, be supported by you guys. So thank you. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's uh, always exciting to be involved in anything that creates new marketing opportunities. And of course, the show is uh, is fabulous for that. So getting out in front of so many people and sharing so much information. So it's, it's good for us too. It's a, it's a, it's a great mutual benefit, I think. Cool. Hey, so I want to make sure you, you've got your tea. I, I have. Do you know what? I, I, I should tell a story that I just got pulled by U.S. Customs for bringing 500 tea bags into the country. Seriously? I'm very curious about why I had 500 tea bags and were they for my own consumption? Of course, I said, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. Yes, of course, they're my own consumption. That's not even like six weeks supply. What's the matter with you guys? <laughs> <laughs> So you've got your tea, you're sitting at your desk, and uh, as always, when I talk to you, we've got a million things to talk about, Let's, but let's start with your upcoming conference. What? Uh, tell me a little bit more about the upcoming conference, anything exciting happening at that? Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you bring that one up because, of course, it's something that we do about every 18 months. Um, the goal really is to, to bring our customers together so that they have a chance to network and it's, it's not trying to be anything like a prism, certainly no competitor to an industry association, but very much more a user conference. Right. So, you know, we roll our sleeves up, get talking about the, the software and um, how it can help people in their business. Uh, so, you know, examples would be how they've applied either the software training, the manuals, documentation to a particular business problem. And as such, we've got about nine customers who are speaking, um, telling us about their successes. And we've also got a couple of little hidden gems. We, we get our support team to put together some presentations. We call them the info breaks. Um, and those are really the best kept secret of the conference because you get little 15-minute training sessions on some of the new features that have come out. Oh, cool. That's pretty good. And um, one of the things I'm very excited about, actually, is we have Norm Brodsky is going to um, uh, be our keynote this year. Oh, great. So obviously, he's got a lot of background in the industry, being a customer with O'Neill forever, it yeah. seems, certainly longer than I've been uh, working with O'Neill. And uh, uh, again, all the experience that he went through, I think most people probably read the Inc. Magazine articles when, when um, City Stories were going through the, the sales and yeah. then kind of didn't go the way expected i'm sure he'll share lots of stories about all of that with us all so quite, quite excited about that one norm is always very very interesting oh yeah great very interesting speaker great yeah that's great and uh as always you guys are committed to charity so tell me about uh this year this year we're working with the make-a-wish foundation what we do um we we can't forget ever i don't think that we're very fortunate yeah uh, you know, all of us in this industry, and we travel around to the different conferences, and we live a, a, a very lucky life, and there's a lot of people who are just not that fortunate. Um, something that we've always tried to focus on are children. Right. You know, this started um, through something we call the Record Center Challenge, where we thought, how can we get people to network together um, and really get to know each other? So a few years back at one of the conferences, we decided that um, we'd get them building bicycles. It seemed like fun, get out, get out in the... Um, outside the hotel on some grass and give them lots of parts of bicycles and see who can build the nicest bikes, which seemed great until we realized, what the heck are we going to do with 25 bicycles? <laughs> so we, we, we looked around, we found a local um, surf camp that's for uh, underprivileged children, Yeah. and uh, we, we 
donated the bicycles to them. And that just got us thinking, everybody really loved that, they thought it was great, and that got us thinking, well, you know, what else could we do? So the following year, we sponsored um, Share Our Strength, which again is about feeding children. Right. Um, then we did the Ronald McDonald House, which, which helps uh, families who need to house themselves whilst their children are going through uh, a lot of uh, medical, oh, me- medical stuff. Right. Yeah, um, some, some just heart-wrenching stories with, with those guys. So we were able to help them last year, and, and this year we, we, we were contacted by uh, Make-A-Wish, and um, we've, we've got to into bed with them. So we're, we're really very excited because there's two parts to it. There's uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, which is, covers mostly the, the United States, but there's also uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation International. So uh, this year we'll be able to make sure that some of the money that's raised will go towards uh, you know, the charities, not just here in the United States. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That that's yeah. so cool. Make a wish is a everything you see about it seems to be a really cool uh, organization. So that that's cool. It's it's really good, and you know, the, the, at the end of the day, the, the generosity of this, we we become the facilitators for it. Yeah. But the generosity are, are the attendees at the conference. So the things we do, for example, is uh, um, I'll auction off some things that we can provide. It could be software, it can be hardware, um, and then. All the money that's raised for that goes to the charity. Uh, some of the other things we do is we'll sponsor the lunches or the record center challenge or um, the dinner. And but we don't. Although somebody is sponsoring those things, we don't take any of the money. We just give all of that sponsorship money directly to the charity. So uh, a, a quick shout out to a couple of people who are helping us out already this year. We've got uh, um, Access Information Management. They've already. Uh, jumped forward and they're sponsoring the Record Center Challenge. So oh, cool. That raises about $2,000 already. And Reb Steele's doing the opening reception. And again, the, um, they'll be, the money that they're donating will go to that. And then some people bring along um, silent auction items that we just put out and we sell everything. You know, you want to buy you, you, you want to buy my shirt? I'll sell it to you. But the money's going to charity. <laughs> I'm going to haggle for your good price. Oh. And, that, and that's the fun of it. You know, yeah. just... Um, uh, making sure that it goes through, and then ho- hopefully what we'll be able to do is report back a few months after to let people know, um, you know, how much mon- obviously how much money we raised, but uh, how that was put to good use. Yeah, and the Record Center Challenge every year is kind of a secret, isn't it? It because I mean you you kind of hold that under under your shirt till people show up, but the the last number have been like the bicycle one and the uh, what was the one last year again? It was. Um, what did we do? Last painting. Year. It was like some kind of painting thing. Oh yeah. So, so last year, what we did was we um, we took a diagram of um, a marketing poster for uh, the, the Ronald McDonald House. We broke that down into I think it was sixteen squares, and then teams were set up, and all they could see was their square and the um, the group next to them. Nobody actually saw the full picture. Right. And then they had to paint their squares, and then we put them all together. And uh, we had four teams, and then in the in the evening we voted for the best one, and then we auctioned them off. So right. um, I bought the the winning one. I um, went into a bit of a a bid, and we now have that proudly on our wall here in the office. And um, some of the other teams they they bought theirs, so we shipped them anywhere that anybody wanted them. Oh, cool! Um, so that was that was a cool one. Uh, several years ago, we we had people building. Um, uh, boats out of um, record storage boxes, and we were racing them across a uh, swimming pool. And you did like a cooking one at one point too, didn't the, you? The Master Chef one was fun. Yeah, we had actually the top chefs from from three of the um, the, the major hotel chains out here 
and um, we set up a cooking competition, and they had to cook. People were cheating. They were getting recipes on their iPhones and all sorts of terrible, terrible cheating going on. Um, but that what, rate, record center people cheating? Isn't that horrible? Oh, that's brutal. Brutal. Wow. wow. An absolute blast. Um, running up and down the beach to, to go and get supplies for the food bank and just good fun. Oh, that's great. Um, this this year we're, we're, we're trying to do something that, that will help people with a little bit of maybe some marketing they can take back and show how they got involved with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Cool. So there's an end result this year, and it's one of those ones that I'm describing as either it's the craziest thing we've ever done Ooh. or the stupidest thing we've ever done. <laughs> well, those, those, are, uh, those are often very close to each other. There's, there's definitely a great, a great very, area on this one. So. Well, well, you've left us wanting more, so yeah. very cool. Well, uh, you're, uh, I, I noticed just before I called you on the, uh, called you today, the your website says you're 60% uh, of the way to completion on that, or 60% full on that, so way to go. Yeah, we, we, we usually try to limit it to about 150 people, just because... Uh, we don't need a professional event management company below that number. Once we get above it, it starts to get a, a lot of people to, to manage. Right. Um, so we're, we're definitely getting up there. That's With six weeks to go, that's very good numbers. Normally, we're about 40% at this time. Um, the one thing to, that people should know is that uh, we obviously go ne- negotiate room block with a discount room at the, the hotel. Right. And uh, the last date for those discounted rooms is August 15th. So... If you're coming, guys, uh, so just please. a few days away. So yeah, get online. Get if you're coming, you know, book the hotel now. Get get the um, get the discounted room rate. It's a, it's a beautiful resort. Um, you you love being there, but uh, take advantage of that discounted rate. Very cool. All right, let's uh, let's go some different directions because uh, you and I can do this. Uh, the industry, you and I, I think, have the luxury of seeing the industry from multiple points all the time instead of just through the eyes of, of one local record center. So um, what are you seeing these days? What what are some of the big trends that you're aware of in the industry right now? Well, I, I, I suppose the, the biggest one, and, and everybody's seeing it now, is are just the acquisitions, certainly here in North America and to a, a little bit of an extent in um, the UK. Um, not seeing that so much down in, in Asia, um, the Middle East, or um, Australia, but, but definitely here. Uh, I think it comes back to something that a term I used a long time ago, and I, ha- I wanted to make sure I qualified it, which I call the professionalizing of the industry. Right. And again, that's not meant to mean that um, we're not already professional. I just mean that um, uh, you know people expect there to be a greater levels of services, and they they want to see all of that through one company. So larger companies seem to be forming, and I think just this morning I saw an announcement for Retrievex making another acquisition. So, yeah, we we just I, I just mentioned that on the news just a few minutes ago. So yeah, yeah Retrievex and Cornerstone, uh, two of them are are hammering away at acquisitions. Uh, Access, as we know, is doing a fair amount of that, um, but. It, but it's happening, and over over the last four to eight to ten weeks, even during the summer, which is sometimes seen as sort of a slow time, uh, the acquisitions are piling up. They really are, and and again, I, I think you know they they are good for the industry. Um, you know, they they in in two ways. So you can take two looks at this. Yeah. Obviously, the 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 companies such as um, the Access and Cornerstone, uh, you know, as these guys grow, they they really are able to offer top-level services and able to really help to 
has a very professional service-based industry. Right. And they can do that. Um, in the meantime, in some markets, um, if there's just large players, that creates an opportunity for the smaller play- players who can really come in and they offer services, but in a different way, right. by being very local, very flexible, uh, building up very close relationships with their clients. So it creates opportunities, I think, in two ways. Uh, and again, everybody's watching each other, so that helps drive the industry. Competition is good for all of us. Otherwise, um, we probably all become a little bit fat and lazy. Yeah. Well, I, and I think I think it just it represents what happens in every industry, which is it, it you know it goes through phases. There is this continual uh, evolution of industries, and you know the. Pretty much anyone that's out there, that there was sort of you know the the early days, and then uh, all of the independence, and then that that kind of gets rolled into to the bigger players. But that's always leading to new startups who are attempting to do something different, who are adding new uh, goods and services, new ways of doing things, and uh, that's the exciting part of this industry because this industry requirement is not leaving. In fact, if anything, as as you and I both know, it it continues to intensify continues to grow and increase and people need it more because of the regulations and the requirements and um, we just have to keep evolving and that's what's exciting about being a part of this industry. It really is and, and again to go back to the, that point where you said you know new startups coming what, what I find quite interesting is seeing some new startups but coming in with some different business models so right. um, there's a few of these uh, of services three that I that I can think of at the moment um, uh, uh, clutter-free boxes, I think, is one of those, um, which are new ideas uh, using the FedEx-type uh, model for uh, companies to be able to deliver boxes or smaller businesses, um, uh, but the boxes all go to an off-site record center. Right. So the reach has gone away from being local to really being national. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Um, I think there's three of those out there now. I'm sure other people may give those... those um, models a, a try and it's very very interesting to watch and see you know are they something that's going to involve evolve i should say not involve are they going to evolve <laughs> yeah. into um uh, you know something that becomes a major part of the market or is it just going to be something that suits a very small niche part of the market such as home businesses right uh, and yet guess- it, and yet there's pr- plenty of opportunity there it it it, that's what's so cool about it. it. As these companies develop these sort of niche products, these niche service products, uh, they, you know, the the whole world is becoming so much more niche focused. So uh, they they become very good, valuable tools for people. Absolutely, and you know, I, I still think uh, areas that that are going to become um, more and more advanced will be social aspects in in that businesses will look how they can work together. So that um, you know, this is one way of reaching across borders from be- not being so local and being much more um, either regional or national. Uh, but but I think there's other ways that are going to come. I think right. uh, you know um, when I when I watch people at our conference or I watch Prism and see how well a lot of people get on. Yes, they're competitors in certain markets, but in in some cases these people are in completely different markets and are not competitors. And I think there's going to be more opportunities for those those businesses to forge relationships, network, and come up with new ideas. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's certainly um, not the end of the road, as I constantly hear that paper's dead and we, you know, we should be off doing something else. That's, that's not the case at all. Yeah. Well, and what's, what's so cool is, and we get to 
experience it on the show almost on a weekly basis, the all the different stuff that we were hearing, all the different stuff we're seeing. So yeah, the acquisitions are taking place and the role, the, you know, kind of roll up stuff is happening, but there's all these other really cool stuff that hinges around our industry, hinges around sort of what was generally the basis of our industry, which is a box on a shelf. But there's so many cool uh, additional factors that are coming now that, that make it really interesting to be a part of. Absolutely. I, I think the, you know, the thing that we're fortunate, as you say, I, I get to, um, to peep inside a lot of businesses and people are very, very kind and generous and, and share a lot of information with me. Uh, but the one thing that, even if even knowing all of that information, the one thing that comes through is 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 their local knowledge that that is the the killer here. You know, if they if they really understand their marketplace and their customers, yeah. and are able to really focus on that, that's what differentiates them. Oh yeah. I, I use um, an example as uh, Gail Bisbee, a confidential records management, who you know really understood in in her area how medical records was was very important. And uh, she she managed to create a, a, a an excellent niche for herself, oh, focusing yeah. on the imaging of those medical records. And now, as we all know, uh, Gail uh, goes around talking at the Prism conferences and, and educating people on imaging. Uh, but she really saw that opportunity and, and jumped in on it. And uh, uh, that that to me was just a, a great example of somebody who who learned their market and then learned how to market to right. people there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, question I've always had that you probably have a unique perspective on, which is with all the acquisitions happening, how does uh, the whole software thing, engagement of software, so when one of the bigger companies, Retrievex, and some of these guys, uh, Access, Cornerstone, do do a purchase, how does the whole software integration thing all happen? It, that's That's got to be a little bit of a project, I would think. They, they can be. Um, there's two different approaches that we see. Um, the one approach is where the, uh, the company will continue to operate separate software packages, uh, uh, you know, installations of that software for the business that they that they purchase. Oh, okay. And that tends to be the case if they're more local, because if your business is local and you uh, are just running, uh, looking after those clients, um, you can probably run separate databases. The the, the larger clients however, want to get the economies of scale, have less databases, so they're more likely to to merge the data. Then that that is a project. In some instances, it can be quite easy um, where data needs to be put together. In other instances, it can be very challenging. The the obvious one is that we all know that in this industry, uh, there was no standard for barcoding. So everybody who started... um, uh, putting a barcoding system in from whichever vendor started with barcode number one. Right. And um, there is a lot of barcode number ones out there. <laughs> and so coming up with methodologies on how to handle that, because, you know, nobody is going to accept being told, you know, just go back into the warehouse and re-barcode everything. That's, right. That, that clearly is an acceptable yeah, because many of the companies getting purchased are, you know, can have anywhere from a hundred to a million boxes sitting in their buildings. So that's a lot well, to do. Absolutely, and and you know, we know from the you know the industry statistics. And as soon as I show, I say any statistics, people email me and go, "You got those wrong, Ian." So <laughs> I'm okay. So I'll say anywhere between ninety-three and ninety-six percent of boxes, you know, probably will never move. Yeah. And uh, you know, with 
with that in the case, why would you waste money and time rebarcoding? So there, there are other methodologies now that can be adopted from what I call barcode on touch, which is when they touch it, they'll, they'll rebarcode it at that, that time to uh, making sure that everything's right in the database and, if need be, putting code onto mobile devices so that it recognizes that, that a barcode needs to be changed. And although it reads one barcode number, it interprets into a, another barcode number. Oh, okay. And so that's kind of happening silently behind the scenes. There, there are methods to do that. But the hardest part, I think, of whenever you bring people uh, or bring systems together isn't, isn't the data. Everybody focuses on the data, and, and that's just a case of sitting down and coming up with rules. Right. You know, that some people like certain rules, some people don't. But at the end of the day, it's rules. The, the real challenge are the customers. Is, and it's not to forget that, you know, there's people using this software. Yeah. And so being able to spend enough time training them, um, working with the clients of the record center if they have web access because they may be changing from one software to another software, um, it's going to change. You know, you, um, even if even if the functionality is very similar, the way you do it may may be uh, very different. So uh, I don't think, uh, truthfully, uh, enough people spend enough time thinking of the human element on it. Right. And they tend to focus on these mergers as data conversions rather than as one of, one of the businesses is going to be going through a business change. And um, that change is going to affect uh, the people Customer. involved in that business. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Yeah, I wish people would just spend a little bit more time on that. I'd be, I'd be much happier. <laughs> so, uh, if if there's people listening today who actually knew what you knew, because whether we like it or not, you 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 have a unique perspective being with the, the largest software company in the industry, uh, talking to so many people, not just North America, complete international focus. Um, if they knew what you knew, what would you encourage them to? to be doing. So you don't necessarily have to tell them what you know. You just have to give us an action plan in terms of what to do uh, to respond. What would you say? Okay, you're going to like my answer to this, Tom, because it kind of fits into your world, but marketing. Okay. Um, I think the, the biggest area of the business that I see, you know, not done as well as it could be, uh, is the marketing of, of companies. Hmm. Um, a lot of them will, you know, they, they put up a website because they're supposed to put up a website, but they don't really think about why they're putting up a website. Right. If, if a little bit more time can be spent thinking about marketing the business, I mean, if you set up a business, then you're, you're hopefully setting it up to make money for yourself. In order to make money, you need to provide a solution that people are willing to play for, a value. Right. So a lot of companies, don't, I don't think, really think those through. Again, the larger companies tend to have things like mission statements, and they really spend a lot of time thinking about what they want. Smaller companies may not do that as much, but, but there's no reason not to. Right. It doesn't have to be massive or expensive. I was reading uh, earlier this week, I think Public Storage was saying how their revenues are up, but their marketing costs were down 50%. You know, so they, they're able, it they looks like they're squeezing more you know, out of a smaller pot. But what they did, I thought, was quite clever, is even though their marketing's down, I still remember all the adverts they put on TV last year. Right. They, so they, just, they, they were just more clear on what, what they were doing and how they were doing it. And it, yeah, Exactly. We used to um, advertise in magazines just because we always had. And we, we took a good look at that a couple of years ago, and we, we changed a lot of where we're spending our marketing dollars. And actually at Prism, um, a, a guy came up to me, 
um, not even from a company that uses our software, and said, you know, you guys are everywhere. Everywhere <laughs> I look, I see you. Um, and I said, it's funny, you know, we're not quite spending as much on marketing as we used to, as we used to do, um, but I'm hoping that we're doing it better. Now, we, we can still learn. I'm not professing to be an expert in marketing by any stretch of the imagination. But I think, you know, if people have a story to tell and a solution to a business problem, then, you know, learning how to market that and really understand how to sell their services is, is very, very critical. And I, and I, I don't think I see that as much as, um, as I'd like in the industry. Very cool. Hey, so I, I know your conference is coming up, but, uh, and you probably have lots of new things you're going to share with your, your internal clients uh, when they show up to that conference. And uh, based on having been at the conference a couple of times, I know that's something you do. But is there anything you guys are doing these days that, that you can tell uh, the rest of us? And, and I, I, I want to, you know, just give you an opportunity to do that uh, as we end the, the uh, conversation today. <laughs> so, so I gotta be careful now. I don't want to spoil my. No, <laughs> you can't spoil it. But you know, there's there's a lot of people who listen to the show who might not actually be coming to the conference, who aren't actually a client of yours, but they might be interested in some of the stuff you're doing. And so, don't give anything away that you can't. But give us something that that might just be a, a hint. Yeah. Well, the, um, the one of the themes of the conference, of course. The, I, I don't know if you're aware, but this is our 30th anniversary. Right. The it is. was incorporated in 1981. So we, I'll do a, a little bit of a talk on, you know, where we've come from. I don't believe you can look at where you're going without knowing where you came from. So we're going to look back a little bit, but I'm going to uh, keep emphasizing a, a lot of projects that we're doing behind the scenes, a lot of R&D projects that I don't even necessarily think will generate revenue for us, but we'll um, look at the future and, and explore technologies for the future and see how we can introduce them into the, the records management. So we'll be talking about that. Um, we recently launched um, version 4.02 of the product. So um, that one is available on our website for download for any of the customers who haven't downloaded that latest version yet. And of course, a lot of those info breaks with those, uh, those kind of little training sessions that go on, uh, they'll focus on, a, on um, some of the new features that are found in that version. So uh, we'll be talking about that. And um, I'm hoping by then, actually, we'll all be moved into our new office in Australia after that got flooded uh, at the beginning of this year. We're hoping yeah. to be in in the next couple of weeks. Oh, cool. Signing uh, invoices for furniture and um, electricians and all that fun stuff. So but the, office, be, the office is up pretty much back in place almost. We should be uh, moving back in, um, we're hoping, on Friday or early next oh, week. Oh, that's so cool. That's the goal. Very yeah, it'd be cool. nice to go back home again. Very cool. <laughs> um, so I, um, I'll be able to um, I, I maybe share a little bit about the um, the experience there because we had to learn quite a bit about um, uh, business continuity. Obviously, and yeah, that was uh, that was something. And you know, although it went quite smoothly, I can tell you, I learned a lot from that. Very cool. So um, I really didn't answer your question, did I, Tom? No, and and that was that was quite. <laughs> It was quite effective as a, a great answer that didn't really say anything, but oh well. Um, so uh, as we close today, I, I always ask unique questions of my guests, but there's only one question to ask you, which is, how's the Harley? Oh, um, going good. Um, uh, I was out on the weekend, so I had a, had a nice ride. I haven't done my long ride yet this year, so I'm, I'm looking for to get something in uh, probably towards the end of September. Cool. Uh, so look, look for something on that. Uh, I have got planned for the future. Um, I am looking at potentially riding around um, uh, every state um, I, uh, in around about 15 to 20 days. But again, I want to tie that to a charity. So I'm, 
looking about um, organizing that and seeing how uh, I can get someone like the Ronald McDonald House or someone as a, uh, a charity and then um, do that. So uh, I'm, I'm always thinking about how I can put some miles on that bike. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I, I know it's it's really cool to ride a Harley, but uh, I think you, you, you have to admit the truly cool people ride scooters. So uh, I appreciate you being a Harley rider, but I also know that you are a scooter rider at heart. I still have a scooter. I have to admit it. <laughs> I think we should start a scooter gang, you and I. Uh, it'd be quite funny, but it'd be a great gang. It'd just be the two of us, I'm afraid, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Well, man, as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks again for being part of uh, such an in, incredible part of the, the industry and and also for your um, support of the show and uh, continued success and good luck at the conference in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Tom. I look forward to seeing you there. All right. Cheers. Yep. Well, there we have it. Uh, Ian uh, can talk and uh, that's always a great thing. So uh, thanks, Ian, for being a part of the show. Thank you for being on the show this week or with us this week. Uh, Appreciate your presence. Appreciate your attention. And uh, if you've got anything interesting you want to talk about, I'd love to hear from you. So that's it for this week. Uh, Have a good one. We'll talk to you next week. Over and out. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com. Where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated. Join us again soon.